The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It is quarterback time at the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. Ed Valentine of Big Blue View here with your Valentine's Views podcast for Friday. Please like, share, and subscribe if you're watching us on YouTube. And subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts across the Big Blue View radio network. All right. Quarterbacks take center stage on Friday at the NFL Combine. Quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs We'll uh, take to the podiums on Friday to uh, to speak to media. So Jaden Daniels, Caleb Williams, Bo Nix, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix, Spencer Rattler, all of, all of those guys will be front and center on Friday as business will pick up in the Indiana Convention Center with, uh, with sessions with with all of those guys we'll also be hearing from uh, from the top wide receivers guys who might be uh, who the giants might be interested in uh, Malik Neighbors of of LSU is a guy who is always talked about as a potential pick for the giants at number 6 the other uh, the other wide receiver often connected to the giants at number 6 is Romo Dunze of Washington so both of those guys will be uh, will be at the podiums on on Friday, I'll be there Friday morning. I'll have as much as I can for you on uh, all of the goings on on Friday. To be honest, I'm getting on a plane on Friday afternoon and, and heading home, so I'm not sure how much writing I'll be able to do on Friday. But if I don't get to uh, to some of my thoughts and impressions on Friday, you can read those on uh, on Big Blue View over the weekend as I uh, sort of uh, do the best I can to uh, to take the measure of uh, of as many of the quarterbacks as many of the wide receivers perhaps some of the running backs we'll see how the how the morning unfolds do what I can to uh, to get to as many of of those uh, spots as I can all right as you guys know on field workouts also began in Lucas Oil Stadium on Thursday Defensive linemen, linebackers took uh, took the field. Chris Flum, Nick Filato will have full coverage of, of those on-field workouts for you guys at Big Blue View. What I wanted to do today, um, also uh, before uh, you know, be, before we we get into all of that coverage of of all of the on-field work, and, and before we uh, 
before we hear from the quarterbacks on, on Friday in Indianapolis, had a chance to speak with former Big Blue View contributor Dan Pizzuta, who is now a staff writer at the 33rd team. Dan recently did a really nice piece on quarterbacks and, and what NFL teams are trying to look for in uh, in quarterbacks as they come into the NFL. Really good time for that. Dan had the opportunity to talk to several coaches and GMs this week um, as those guys all took to the podium, you know, regarding quarterbacks and, and the changing way that NFL teams have to evaluate and develop quarterbacks as they they enter the NFL in what is really a changing college landscape as well. So let's uh, let's play the interview that I did with Dan Pizzuta right now as we talk about the old days at Big Blue View. We talk about the Giants a little bit, and we spend quite a bit of time talking about the NFL teams and, and their ability and sometimes lack of ability to to judge, to scout, and to develop quarterbacks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Giants fans, Ed Valentine here at the NFL Scouting Combine and uh, ran into an old friend, an old contributor from Big Blue View, guy that uh, some of you might remember, Dan Pizzuta, who was a, uh, a writer for us for, uh, for quite a while before moving on. Had a chance to, to catch up with Dan, and, uh, and so let's. Uh, Dan, Dan agreed to sit and uh, and chat with us for a little bit. So, so let's do that. Hey, Dan, how you been? How you doing? I'm doing well. Happy to be back. There you go. So, uh, you know, it's been uh, been a while. Been a, a winding path for you since the Big Blue View days. Yeah, has has a little bit. So before we get into a whole lot of football, why don't you just tell folks, in, in case they're they're not familiar with with where you are and what you've been up to, uh, what what the uh, the writing path has taken you, where it's taken you since your Big Blue View days. Yeah, so when I uh, left Big Blue View, I went to uh, take over Sharp Football Analysis and we kind of built a, a website there, um, doing some you know good stuff there. Uh, Rich Rebar was doing some great fantasy stuff. Um, doing some stuff with Football Outsiders with some of the Almanac, uh, doing some stuff with FTN now, doing their DVOA page on um, the 33rd team, uh, doing some, some writing uh, for them now. Yeah, 33rd team is, is the most recent uh, addition for you. When did you start over there? Uh, about the, the middle of this season. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, and you're doing uh, not necessarily long form stuff, but but analysis stuff, deep dives into yeah. into topics and and things like that. And uh, considering where the Giants are these days, let's let's talk about the most recent piece that you did at Thirty Third Team, and that happened to be on quarterbacks. You've spent some time, you know, talking to coaches and GMs this week about about exact judging quarterback play and figuring out you know who can and who can't be an NFL quarterback and, and that's that's a huge mystery in the NFL mm -hmm. there's it is. there's there's more hits or there's more misses than Much hits misses, yeah. you know i think it's like 30% of these guys actually succeed when it comes to the what you would expect from a first round quarterback and i'm just curious what you maybe learned from uh, you know from the coaches from the GMs in regards to uh, to quarterback play? Uh, yeah, so I think it was something that is kind of being more openly embraced now is looking at at the traits and how hard it is to really take a look at what these guys are being asked to do at the collegiate level is so much different than what they're going to be asked to do at the NFL with their systems, um, just kind of the way they, they process. And I think a lot of people are kind of looking at the process and, you know, you, you try to find these quick processors, but how you do that is so different, especially now between college and the NFL with so many more you know, RPOs and screens and, and the way just the spacing is in college. So it's very hard to really look at those guys and kind of what, what they're really asked to do in the way they're reading progressions and things like that. So I think we're seeing more coaches, especially who have talked, just more openly talking about the, the traits and seeing what these guys can do. Uh, and how you can kind of mold that to an NFL game instead of really trying to get the, the mental. You can get that a little bit, but I think we're kind of really looking at some of these traits guys. And I think like Anthony Richardson last year was, was a real good um, example of a guy who, you know, you kind of look at some of his college stuff and it wasn't as clean as some of those other guys, but you saw the traits, you saw how he navigated the pocket, and it's things like that that I think are going to translate, and a lot more coaches who are kind of, you know, the forward-thinking offensive guys are really going to be able to build an offense around that type of quarterback, more than like a, a Kenny Pickett type of guy who was, you know, built as a, a stand-in-the-pocket process quickly, and we've kind of seen that hasn't happened in the NFL without some of the physical tools that kind of decrease the margin for error a little bit to help these guys get situated in the beginning. It's so different how the, the offenses are somewhat different in college, the hash marks are different, yeah, which changes, which changes the, the throws that you have to make. I've seen uh, guys like former NFL quarterback Kurt Benkert, who's doing mm -hmm. a lot of NFL analysis of quarterbacks now say that it's just hard to watch college offenses because the 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 work done by the wide receivers just isn't what you'd get at the NFL level and yeah. and even Kurt Warner said the other day, you know, Hall of Fame quarterback, guy that should know quarterback play as well, if not better than anybody, say that really as he watches these college quarterbacks, the more he watches, the more confused he gets because he just can't 
figure out how what he sees translates to what they're going to be asked to do in the NFL. Yeah, uh, it's just it's a very different process of what some of these offensive schemes really are, uh, and and what the the quarterback is asked to do in there. So I think we even when you look at you know Caleb Williams, um, kind of look at what the USC offense was last year, and it was not really translatable to what he's going to be asked to do at the NFL level, but you see what he can do kind of outside of structure, the way he can kind of create plays on his own. I think that's something that is going to continue to be something that becomes, uh, it probably won't be the top trait that teams are looking at, but I think it's going to be kind of uh, an important one that you almost have to have at, at this point. Um, if you're if you're a quarterback, you have to be able to create off schedule, uh, and, and those are the type of things that are going to help you survive in the NFL. But, you know, the flip side of that is you still do have to be able to play from within the pocket. At times, you have to be able to throw the ball on time. You have to right. be able to throw the ball where it's supposed to be. And just, I think, because of the way NFL offenses are, or, or college offenses are now, it's, it's hard to find those guys who can do that. Yeah, I think that's, there's, I think that's always going to be a baseline. I think there, there was a while where you really looked for what these guys can do in the pocket. But I think that's just kind of everyone needs to do that. Uh, mm-hmm. a little bit and if you can't do that at the college level it's going to be very hard for you to do that at the NFL level too but I think we've seen kind of the differentiators and the guys who really make a difference are the guys who can expand outside of that and I think that's kind of been an important how you're navigating the pocket like how I think one of the, the stats that translates the most is like pressure to sack rate so you can't really control how often you're getting pressured but if you're navigating the pocket well you're cr- stopping negative plays from being worse Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think we were like Anthony Richardson again was a guy who you know maybe the completion percentage wasn't great but you saw how he navigated the pocket and I think we kind of saw that a little bit in the time he played last year Um, so uh, I think like that is those are the the types of things um, where you yes it's non-negotiable to be able to play from the pocket everyone has to do that Uh, but I think we've seen the best quarterbacks in the league right now are the guys who can expand that uh, a little bit. Not to mention the idea of being able to make some plays with your legs and being able right, to exactly. be part of the designed run game in addition to the the off-script run game as you learn to do the other things. I, I think that is becoming increasingly important. Yeah, and uh, you know, John, John Harbaugh was, was talking about this yesterday, about how kind of the the archetype of an NFL quarterback has really changed in how people view who can play the position. Because I, I was writing for a Big Blue View during the Lamar Jackson draft, and I was saying how that could change the way quarterback we played. I believe I, you know, um, said Lamar Jackson could be like drafting Sam Darnold and Saquon Barkley with the same pick. I think that, that it turns out that probably underestimated what Lamar Jackson. Uh, could be with kind of how Darnold turned out at least Um, but I think we're seeing more acceptance of that league-wide and seeing more athletes and how that can building something outside of just you know three-step drop back and and pass is is something that is almost a necessity to really have success at least at at the highest level of when you look at the guys like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen and and the guys who are really transcending the quarterback position right now. And so much of it for quarterbacks, I mean, for, for every position, but especially for quarterback, so much of it 
is also about the situation that they land mm-hmm. in, the coach that they land with, the stability of, of, of the organization they land in. Is it a forward-thinking offensive coordinator or right. offensive coach? Um, because the worst thing that happens to a lot of these guys is they get drafted and then a year later they have a different coach. Right, and, and I think that is one of the things that really struck me yesterday and, and what kind of led to writing the article is how many of these coaches were really outwardly expressing this kind of for the first time of how we can take some of these traits-based guys and, and mold them a little bit. And I think we're, we're going to see far fewer of these offensive coaches who don't know what to do with these guys because I think that was a problem for a little bit like when the Lamar Jacksons were coming into the league um, you know you had coaches who thought about you know Tom Brady and Peyton Manning for a very long time I just don't think we're going to get back to that type of quarterback play anymore so I think teams really know now what the evolution of that position is yeah it's an interesting thing when I think about the Giants too and I think about all the way back to the Coughlin days, I always thought that one of the reasons why after the second Super Bowl for the Giants, one of the reasons why things sort of fell apart was you had a very old school head coach, you had a very old school offensive coordinator, but you had a general manager you know, who was a scout at heart, and I think you had a general manager who wanted to kind of move the Giants forward in the way that they thought and was drafting players that the coaching staff didn't necessarily know how to maximize. Right. And I, I think that's a big part of it with quarterbacks now is you, you have to be able to look and say, what are these guys? Too many, for me, too many coaches have always said it's about players or it's about players and not plays. It's about putting guys in position to do what they yeah. do well. And I don't know about you, but for a long time in the NFL, I've thought there was a, a lot of lip service to that idea. Sure. And I, I think I think now it's becoming increasingly important that that's not lip service. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think we are seeing this wave of especially offensive coaches who are coming in. You see uh, uh, Mike McDaniel has kind of figured out how to make the best out of not only you know Tua, but protect that offensive line a little bit with getting the ball out so quickly to receivers who can run fast. Um, I think you look at you know like a, a Kevin O'Connell who um, was able to kind of change up um, you know from when Kirk Cousins got hurt to like really basically playing quarterback for Josh Dobbs. Um, I think we've seen that, guys. I think we, you know, you see with, like, a McVay, um, how he used the, the Jared Goff offense and then completely translated it and, and changed it to a drop-back game with Matthew Stafford and then continued uh, to change it up even more uh, this year. So I think we're, we're just seeing you, you can't be complacent. You can't be fitting these, you know, you know square pegs into, into round holes. And I think we, we do have fewer coaches in the league right now who are doing that and I think that's good for player development um I hopefully that's going to be good for for quarterback development um and I think it it definitely has been good for you know offensive efficiency going forward so I'm curious you know after talking to the folks that you've had a chance to talk to this week and in your own look at the quarterback class this year you know we talk about the trace trait based guys 
and you've mentioned Anthony Richardson a couple times. Mm-hmm. When you look at those guys, you know, beyond Caleb Williams, mm-hmm. because if we're talking specifically about the Giants, the Giants aren't trading up to one. Right. So when you look at those traits-based guys, you know, who who's your guy out of this quarterback class that, that you say, you know, you can, you can take those traits and and mold them into something that that maybe the guy isn't right now. Yeah, it's it's interesting because it's not the deepest class to be doing that. And I think you know Caleb should be a guy who can do that. I think Drake May is the type of guy who who does kind of have that good out of structure. And I think you know the interesting is, is Jaden Daniels is you know routinely the third quarterback here and he's an interesting thing in the balance between playing out of structure often and excelling at the creating out of structure um because you know he's a guy who he kind of runs to run a little bit um and not necessarily a run to to pass or you know create in that way um so i think the team that gets him is really going to have to understand what he is and maybe you bring him in a little bit more than you know I think people think you have to kind of rein in like a Caleb Williams with some of his crazy throws but I think those are more of a benefit um, you know when it, when it comes to creating in the offense but when you have a guy like you know Jaden Daniels is kind of looking to run a little more often um, than some of these other guys he, he's kind of the interesting borderline case um, where he is out of structure a lot, but that doesn't necessarily actually have some of those traits that are, you know, that you're really looking for. So I think he's going to be like a, a little more developmental than, and maybe kind of on the Justin Fields type of thing where, you know, the the running is going to set a baseline a little bit, but there's a little more progression that needs to be happening in the passing game too. Right. I, I think Daniels is the guy that you look at and you said when you watch the film you'll say he ran but he left this throw on the table that he could have made right that he, that he probably should have made to avoid the wear and tear on his legs to avoid taking the hit or whatever he's he's the one and you and you hope maybe that as as he gains more experience that that you coach that out of him by consistently saying you ran for 8 but you had a throw over here for twelve. If yeah. you'd have just, if you'd have just followed your progressions yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and that that's going to be a thing where you know the coaching staff is obviously going to matter. The the offensive line is going to matter, and, and how you kind of balance that. Um, you know, if you're asking him to just do some straight dropbacks behind a bad offensive line, that's not going to help the development of of what he's doing. And he's probably going to be looking to scramble if he's expecting pressure like that. So I think that's just one of those things where all of those things are going to just combine and you know the, the like you said the, the players on the offense are going to matter how uh, the offensive staff is going to build an offense around him is going to matter so I think he is very you know fun physical talent but uh, it, he is I think one of those guys that is going to it's really going to depend on where he lands and the vision that whatever team drafts him really has for him uh, is going to I think um, more than like the other top two guys are really going to depend on you know how his NFL career turns out. So let's have you put your Giants hat on for 
a minute or two here. Obviously, the Giants are at six. A lot of talk about quarterback. A lot of talk about Daniel Jones. A lot of talk about everybody's got an opinion on should they trade up? Should they take a guy at six? Do they need to have that, you know, that that successor? Do they? Mm -hmm. Is it time for them to put that guy in place? Um, I'm just curious where you stand on on that on that idea. So. I I lean toward being aggressive to take a quarterback, um, but it, it also does depend on who is there and I think what that cost is. Um, I, I do have trust that you know a, a Brian Dable offense would be something that could help a a Jaden Daniels um, and maybe even you know sitting a, a little bit behind Jones depending on what that is, but. I think it's very hard to consistently win in the NFL when you do have a quarterback like Daniel Jones. And I think the the 2022 offense was structured incredible to stop Jones from kind of doing the bad things that he tends to do. You know, when he entered the league, he loved to throw these, you know, contested slants that where he could have been an interception, uh, but were a lot of passes defensed on on those types of you know tight window throws. Uh, but in 2022, they, they had him outside the pocket, which stopped him from taking sacks. They had him throwing the shortest passes in the league, which stopped him from throwing interceptions. Like if, if he had a bad season in 2022, like it, it really would have been a, a bad thing for him because they, they really designed it in a way that he couldn't. And I think they took some of those training wheels off a little bit last year, and I think we saw some of those struggles. So if the Giants feel good about one of those quarterbacks who could be available at three, if that's the potential to trade up, I I think they, they should do it because I think you kind of need that higher level of quarterback play if you really do want to succeed in the NFL. Yeah, I think where I stand on it is a little different than where you stand. I look at it as Jones entering the sixth year of his career, and we still argue about what he is and what he isn't and what he might be and what he might not be and the reasons for all of those things. And I say, look, it's year six. He's in the final year of his contract where he's got guaranteed money. Yeah. Maybe it's time to just stop arguing about all of those things. And if you're in position to take a guy you think might be able to be the next guy, then you do it. But where I differ is I don't think you can trade up if you're the Giants for the simple reason that that there's also some pressure on Brian Dable in year sure. three. And if you were to trade up in the scenario that you just described, mm -hmm. whether it's Drake May or whether it's Jaden Daniels, the plan is still for Daniel Jones to be the starter. So you're trading up to number three for a guy who's not going to be your starting quarterback at the beginning of the season. And then when you trade up, you're probably giving up enough assets that you go from three to 70 in the draft before you get to pick again. And and I don't know about you, but that's a very difficult scenario for me to stomach. Yeah, it is, but if you have the quarterback, that doesn't matter quite as much. Mm -hmm. So again, I, I think it does come down to the conviction of what you have. 
in this quarterback and if you trust that that is is going to be the guy um and if he is and you know maybe he takes over in the middle of the year maybe he even you know starts the year if, if they do think he's he's that good um so i it is a is a balance in it and i think it, it does depend on you know what they think of of this guy or whoever they would potentially trade up to draft um if they do have you know the, the conviction that he can be the guy that layers over you know so many things i think you, you kind of look at you know what the texans did with with cj stroud you know they they trade up for you know will anderson but they don't have a first round pick this year because of that but because they have cj stroud it doesn't really matter as much we're not really talking about how they don't have a first round pick they're they're kind of set and i think you know you, you see that with some other you know quarterbacks who kind of when you have that guy uh he makes up for a lot of other the things that other teams like wouldn't need right now the Giants has currently constructed they do need those early picks um, but if you have that quarterback I think that that kind of lessens some of the, the need that you have for some of those other things all right hey and appreciate the uh, appreciate the time just uh, in case folks don't know let them know where they can find you on uh, on social media and all that good stuff yeah you can find me uh, on Twitter at Dan Pizzuta uh, my work at the 33rd team all right Thank you much. Appreciate the time. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Giants fans, that is our show for today. Thanks to Dan Pizzuta for uh, for sitting in the Indiana Convention Center with me for a little while on uh, on Thursday afternoon and and reminiscing about Big Blue View and and talking quarterbacks and uh, and all of that. And uh, thank you guys as always for listening. Please continue to check out all of our combine coverage. Chris Flum, Nick Filato will be continuing to uh, to give you as much detail as we can on the uh, on the on field workouts. I'll have more features and analysis over the weekend and in the coming days on uh, on the quarterbacks, on the wide receivers. Had a nice conversation on Thursday with Michigan tight end AJ Barner who had some interesting thoughts as well on on quarterback J.J. McCarthy that I'll share with you guys as soon as I get the opportunity to sit down and and write all of that. So hopefully you guys will look forward to to all of our coverage and and all of our coverage at Big Blue View throughout the offseason leading up to the draft, leading up to to the offseason program, training camp, all of that as we continue to give you everything you need to uh, to stay up to date, to stay in tune with your New York Giants. With that said, Giants fans, thank you very, very much for listening. Please stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.